Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 68 of the Social Liability Podcast, the podcast where we discuss those folks in our lives that violate the social contracts that we all agree to live by. I'm your host, the Razgrees, with my co-host, the Buck Grendel, bringing you new and interesting stories from the far reaches of the internet. And I've got to tell you, Buck, I'm a little disappointed this week. We have nothing from the Tampa Free Press. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm not even going to candy coat it, man. Uh, this this week, I actually had to do like uh, like a little bit more than my normal combing over of the headlines. Uh, one of my uh, one of my favorite places to procure some of our articles is the Florida Man subreddit, the R slash Florida Man. And I'll tell you, you know, the Panhandle State really disappointed this week. Like normally. Like normally, I get like a, I get like it's like shooting fish in a barrel with r slash Florida man, but this week I actually had to go like digging in like a couple of other subreddits. Like it wasn't easy this week, so you know, the Tampa Press, I don't know. Well, I get, I mean, I might be disconnected from the world, and there's fucking hurricane season down there or some shit like that. Who 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 the hell knows? Yeah, they got they got some better things to report on this this time of year, maybe. But let's get started right into it with the Man- Manchester Evening News. This is a UK paper. Concerns over kids buying baked beans as beaning trend goes viral. <laughs> Police have issued a warning to shops over a concerning new viral trend involving baked beans. Shops have been urged to look out for children buying large quantities of the tinned goods while parents are being encouraged to check their cupboards. <laughs> it comes after beaning a bizarre new trend took off on social, vid- uh, social video sh- sharing app TikTok. Beaning involves children smearing baked beans into people's driveways, doors, and cars, and of course, filming it. Numerous videos have been posted on social media with the hashtag BeanBandits. The messy craze is also potentially harmful to dogs, and has prompted the West Yorkshire Police to issue a warning to retailers and parents. PCSO Michelle Owens said, It has come to the attention of the police that a new trend has started by, started by a group of youths called beaning. This involves youths throwing the uh, contents of a can of beans over properties very similar to the trend of throwing eggs at properties. If you work in a shop, please be aware that youths are buying large quantities of beans and if you have uh, children living in, at home, please be mindful if you see them removing cans of beans from the family home. Last month, Surrey police launched an appeal to, after the village of Wanersh, uh, I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, was terrorized by the so-called bean bandits. In one picture, four cans of beans can be seen discarded near a doorstep, studded with little orange beans. Another showed a gray cat with sauce dribbling down the, uh, a car, rather, not a cat, a car. It would have been better with a cat. A sauce dribbling, oh, down, man. <laughs> dribbling down the driver's window, leaving an unsightly orange smudge. Okay. So, I, I grew up in a, a rural part of Pennsylvania. Very rural, like dead freaking center. And we used to... <laughs> Yeah, every once in a while you got eggs and you go egg someone's house. But we did a thing called corning, where we would get a backpack filled with dry corn kernels. And we'd all take handfuls of them and count down and just wing it at the front of someone's house. And it sounded like your house was getting shot with machine guns. Like like something out of an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. There's, there's, the, there's the whole squad outside just pop, 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 pop. <laughs> it didn't hurt anybody. It was just really, really obnoxious. 
Now, was, was that like, uh, was that a powerful enough uh, item to knock out, say, like a window? We never did. We never broke a window. I'm not saying. But, I'm not saying it couldn't happen. But you never did. No. Okay. All right. See. See, you know, like, this this dances on kind of like a line for me, and not like a line between, like, oh, this is serious and not serious. Like, let's fucking face it, people were talking about kids and vandalism and... Baked beans. It, it really <laughs> is, like... Like, and, and, I mean, I mean, the, the article even pointed it out. You know, 20 years ago, there were eggs, or people were shooting corn. Like, I'm a grown-ass fucking man. I'm 38 years old. I don't need to like I've already experienced that portion of my life it is now this generation's turn and this is the way they're choosing to do it I I will say I will say that like uh, you know wasting food you know I mean like wasting food's just like an old man's way of copping out I mean like this is this really is amounts to me is to to nothing more than like some like scraping your knee jumping the fence trouble as long as it doesn't result in like serious fucking property damage yeah I, yeah, I wish and, they, I wish they would have gone a little bit more into detail as to what it could be harmful to dogs in some way but uh, re- reality is it's it's meant to be a prank it's meant to be a minor annoyance so I, I gotta give it a one. I can't really go too depth and too too far down the rabbit hole of finding reasons to think that this is a huge thing. Well, I, I can't I can't disagree with you there, man, because you you make an excellent point. the The article, although like you know, it gives us enough you know enough to like satisfy us in a way. It really it really lacks the details necessary in order to like give it a proper score. So I think I think a one is a very satisfactory rating. Okay. Well, moving on to WCCO, CBS Minnesota. Twin Cities School reports bathrooms being plundered for Devious Licks TikTok Challenge. A nationwide TikTok trend involving students stealing items from their schools and posting swaggering videos online afterwards has prompted at least two Twin Cities schools to crack down this week, boosting security and surveillance. In a statement to parents Thursday, uh, Shakopee West Middle School officials said that the social media spurred thefts known as Devious Licks have increased significantly in recent days, leaving bathrooms particularly damaged. We've tried several measures to prevent the vandalism and theft, we've even been, and we've been unable to stop it. In fact, it is escalating. In response, the school says it is temporarily locked student bathrooms during class time, although staff bathrooms will remain open for use. The only time students student bathrooms will, will be open is briefly before and after schools d- during passing time and lunch. I'm guessing that means in between classes. During lunch, however, staffers will be posted outside the bathrooms, making sure that no one walks off with a trophy mirror or urinal. <laughs> also, the, the Metro at Stillwater uh, Area High School administrators said they are boosting staff supervision and adding hallway cameras after soap dispensers were plundered from the bathroom walls. Any students who are caught will be subject to discipline as outlined in our district handbook. Uh, Vandalism and theft of school can result in suspension, expulsion, payment for damage, and even criminal charges. He urged that parents talk to their children about uh, the social media challenge, which began going viral on TikTok last month, inspiring students across the country to try and steal their way to online fame. 
On Wednesday, TikTok announced it has banned the Devious Licks videos from the platform, saying they violate the app's community guidelines. Videos posted in recent weeks from across the nation have shown students stealing school furnishings from clocks to computers and vandalizing rooms by smearing walls with soap. One TikToker who apparently stole a broom captioned their video first week but got this absolutely devious lick. Back to school isn't the only it isn't only exciting for students but parents as well. We got to see the classrooms, we got to hear about the curriculum. Uh this is going on and uh, okay, whatever. So we're we're let's just we're done with this article. Um so the, the whole challenge is to steal some shit from the school and then post a video of you holding your items, that's what I'm gathering. It's what it that's that's sounds like the long and short of it, man. Okay. Um, I you know Again, this I sound I, I the one episode where I actually sound like an intelligent fucking human. I'm gonna do it to sound like an old damn man, like seriously, because that's what this is boiling down to. Okay, like again, I'm j- like I was in school. I remember what it was like to pull hijinks at school. I remember what it was like to you know. Like, see, but we we did shit like smear shaving cream on stuff. So that's like smearing soap on stuff. We, you know, my buddies and I never stole anything, but I mean, you know, we 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 had our own little hijinks. We were too busy getting stoned all the time and sneaking cigarettes, to be honest with you. So stealing shit was really low on the fucking priority list. You know, the uh, the marijuana kind of took away the criminal ambition there. So you know, kudos to uh, you know mild delinquency there but you know at at the end of the day man you know kids are going to be kids and stuff like that but you know we seem to be blaming a lot on schools lack of oversight here and you know because they're going through like we've got cameras we've locked the bathrooms it's like okay 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 maybe 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 we should really start reverse engineering this fucking problem here okay because, you know, the, the people that are doing these things that bother us so much are the generation of people that we are grooming to replace us. You know? It's like, maybe maybe some of these, like, life skills, like, don't fucking touch that. You know? Wear your damn pants right. You know? Like, other old people shit that, you know, that kind of shit needs to start at the house. School is for learning. It's not for It's not for policing. Okay, that's that's pretty much the way I look at it. You know, if you don't like the way that the the kids are behaving in school, you know, teachers, my hat goes off to you. You know, librarians, my hat goes off to you. You have to deal with these dickheads because they're not being parented. But either way, you know, I give that a, a another one. I, see, that's in there. There, I'm going to diverge from you a little bit. I got to give it at least a two, maybe a two and a half, because we are. I, I hate. I hate the fact that people would be okay with this, but then complain about their taxes. Because, you know, all those items are taxpayer purchased. So I have a huge problem with people complaining about, you know, oh, you're being too hard on these kids, but don't you dare charge me an extra one-tenth of a cent on, uh, you know, on my whatever purchase. Uh, so it, there is, you, you got to have a balance there. And I, I'm sorry, but... 
when they list about the the possible repercussions saying that well we could put them in detention we could we maybe suspend them i mean we could expel them and then at like, the very end of the end and possibly criminal charges no fuck that vandalism theft destruction screw it charge them done you know what you need a button for when I drastically underrate something because this is this is one of those examples where that actually kind of happened. Well, no, it actually did happen. But yeah, what a very interesting and realistic perspective on the uh, situation here, Raz. I never even factored like the impact that it would have on taxes. I'm just sitting here, ah, kids will be kids. Yeah. Except when I have to but pay for it. You're like, <laughs> well, see, that's the fixed income, folks. You know that's 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 the that's the viewpoint from the retired man's view. Yeah, it's like whatever. But either way, you know, you make a good point there, Raz. You know, right on. Well, let's move on to ABC Seven News outlet challenge could cause fire or serious injury. Warns fire departments. Okay, a top fire official. Because it's got to come from the top. You know, just your regular dude with a fire extinguisher is not going to cut it. A top fire official is warning parents and children about a new viral challenge. The so-called outlet challenge involves partially plugging in a phone charger into an outlet and then touching a penny to the exposed prongs. Obviously, this is unsafe, potentially causing a spark that could lead to a fire. Well, no shit, Kung Fu. Thanks for that delightful piece of information. It doesn't take much to be electrocuted, fatally electrocuted, just as an outlet would with a wall socket. Bradley's department was called to a local high school Tuesday to investigate a scorched and burned wall outlet. Turns out two students participating in the outlet challenge challenge were to blame. It's, It's at least the second public investigation in Massachusetts into outlet challenge fires. The electricity propels the charger and the coin. Now the coin is molten metal, and at this point, outwards? Whatever. It could easily go out in your face, get in your eye. It could easily cause blindness. It could cause your uh, clothing to catch fire. The other issues that uh, you could do is damage some electrical wiring behind the wall, and a fire could be undetected and burning the walls, endangering everyone in the building. Holy shit. I'm going to film myself trying to... Fucking kill myself, essentially. Oh my god. Again, people. You know, how, like, how does the internet and technology and everything get so much more sophisticated, but then the people on this planet somehow manage to get dumber? Like, very true. Okay. All very right. True. Yeah. Like, okay. Like, that's, like, that's just, and, and, you know, great job. Like, I, this is this is just such like comedic like gold here because these challenges have progressively got dumber as we like this is the third one okay this is the third challenge and of the three they have progressively illustrated how much dumber people are behaving so you know that's uh, people parent your fucking kids, man. Like, A, A, don't fuck with somebody else's shit. B, you know, don't, don't fuck with 
dangerous shit that could kill you and everyone else around you potentially like they you know kids again kids will be kids and i get that i get that i get that but you know when you start doing adult things and making adult decisions there are adult consequences like oh sparks oh that's great yeah that's so pretty yeah until until somebody's dead and then and then you know like why can't we just do what we did back when we were kids and have fucking PSAs on TV? Like, whatever happened to that? Like, this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. The shit didn't work, but at least people felt better about the way that the world was steered. I mean, like, come on. Like, the internet has become so much more sophisticated, but people are becoming progressively dumber. Like, how can we mass-produce information in the blink of an eye, but not fucking warn kids not to eat Tide Pods, steal shit from their school, and, you know, play with electricity? Like, that's like... That's like toddler-level fucking learning shit. Like, everybody's everybody's got a story about sticking a fork in an outlet when we were two. You know? Like... That's that's shit that happens when you're a toddler. What the fuck is this? This like, is that's a, completely uh, lack of parenting oh, and giving kids internet internet access unfeathered too way too early. So you know when we were we we're talking about this stuff, you know, I, I would I would love to say that I would give this a, a score of a zero and say that you know this is potentially us you know cleaning up the gene pool a little bit, you know, taking the skimmer across the gene pool of life. And I would be very pleased with that. It wasn't for the fact that you're potentially burning down the building that you're in and possibly, you know, hurting others. In which case, now we're going up to a four. <laughs> yep, that's where I was sitting, man. Yeah, oh, man. Kids will be kids. But that's that's some level four fucking liability shit there, man. Like, you kill a whole bunch of fucking people doing damage uh, in like the millions of dollar range if you burn down an entire school like tens of millions of dollars of damage because you want to look cool on the fucking internet like come on people okay well we're done with viral stuff for the time being but we are going to go back to jelly old england because this is being reported by sky news uh this is a u.s thing but it's it's being reported in, in the uk so uh woman attacked by alligator says i love him and it shouldn't face any consequences okay an animal handler attacked by an alligator as crying children looked on says she loves the reptile and it should not face any consequences Lindsay Bull was left wrestling with the creature after it clamped its jaws down on her hand in front of guests during a child's birthday party at the Scales and Tails in Salt Lake City, Utah. She was eventually rescued from the alligator, Darth Gator, after visitor Donnie Wiseman leapt into the water and clambered on top of the animal. Video of the incident was viewed by millions online, but Miss Bull and the Reptile Center's owner said it should not come to any harm as a result of the attack. Miss Bull, who avoided losing her limb after undergoing surgery, said, We are going to fight as long as we can to keep him. As long as he is in our care and, there, and there, this is our choice, no consequences are going to happen to him. He was just doing what animals do. 
she told Utah Desert News that she was working with Darth Gator for more than three years, and then yeah, he had been trained to respond to commands, including to allow her to kiss him on the face. Oh, I love him, and he is like a member of my family. This is true of everybody who works here. Everybody loves Darth. <laughs> she said the attack happened when the alligator became confused because he knew he was about to be fed, saying he mistook her hand for food. All he knew it was it was a piece of chicken, so he grabbed it. Shane Richens, Scales and Tails owner, also said the animal would not come to any harm while in their hands. I knew as long as we have him, he's safe. He was just having a bad day. <laughs> so was she. <laughs> he added that his permit to own alligators was under review, and they hope that it's not rescinded. Animal rights groups PETA has called for the business to be shut down. All right, um, fuck PETA for starters. But uh, <laughs> uh, what do you think, Buck? You wanna you wanna forgive the alligator that tries to take your hand? Well, the force was strong with that one. That's that's all I got to say. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Darth Gator tried to take the hand. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh. That's that's man. And I don't even get a button for that. You, f- you, f- oh my god, Raz, I swear. <laughs> Anyhow. No, man, I mean, okay. You know, there's some people who, you know, keep some weird pets, and I'm not going to judge if you gator, you know, fine. And it's not like the lady's bitching about it. She's not, like, doing tours, or she's, like, having kids get on the gator and doing a ride. And she's not... You know, she's she's a little bit too gator-friendly, in my opinion. I mean, like, kissing a gator on the face. Like, ooh. Like, that's that's even... That's, that's a lot even for my threshold, man. Like, whoa. But, I mean... She's, she's been doing this for a long time, and she apparently was aware of the consequences of owning a gator. And after it happened, she's like, well... You know, I guess the old saying is wrong. The fucker will bite the hand that feeds you. You know, it's like... <laughs> so here's, here's, here's my thing. Um, I am a huge fan of the People's Court. I love the People's Court. Every time a new one hits YouTube, I'm like, I'm going to watch Judge Marilyn Millian. Bam. And one of my greatest regrets when leaving the East Coast is I've never got to go to a taping of the People's Court. They do it in New York. And I can never find anybody to go with me because they do it on like a freaking Wednesday of all things. Anyway, so Judge Marilyn Millian, she hates pit bulls. Uh, just straight up, she hates pit bulls. Uh, that's like her biggest character flaw, in my opinion. She likes to say that she doesn't, uh, and it's we don't punish the 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 animal, we punish the owner because the animal is just doing what animals do. Now that part is absolutely correct. We 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 don't punish an animal for being an animal. You know, I, I personally, whenever I, I an animal is doing something, it's just trying to survive. Uh, the other day, I had a building. And I have to get a bunch of has waste PPE for some employees to clean because it's full of pigeon shit. The it, it, I, I would like to just bark. I, I'm so sorry to cut you off, but you you put it so well in an episode that we did earlier when you said a shark's gonna shark, <laughs> a gator's gonna like a gator's gonna gator. Like, I just, like, 
I'm giving you kudos to the point you made because it applies here. But you know, go ahead and continue, my friend. Well, I just I, I wanted I, to give you kudos on that. You know, the, the the employees were like, "Should we just get a BB gun and shoot the shoot the pigeons?" I'm like, "Why? The pigeons are just trying to live." I go, "How about you wait till sometime during the day when all the pigeons are out and you close the door? They'll go somewhere else." <laughs> you know, <laughs> you don't. I don't like keeping right. the door closed though. Well, tough shit. Um, so am I? <laughs> A gator's gonna gator, dude. Like, like you said, you know, if you stick your hand in a goddamn gator's mouth, guess what? The gator's gonna go, hmm, delicious. A gator's gonna gator. So right. I'm, I'm not mad at the alligator. I'm not even really mad at them for saying that. Um, you know, we really don't want anything to happen to the gator. It's not the gator's fault. So because it's not, it's not. The gator's stuck in a big aquarium, and they're. You know, making money off the gator, and the gator says, "You know what? I want my pound of flesh." <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Bravo, my friend. Bravo. <laughs> Bravo. I don't have a button, but I I will give you a one-handed clap on that one. I, I'm holding onto my wheelchair with the other one, so I don't fall forward. But yeah, but no, man. I mean, like the lady, the lady even said it. You know, gator's having a bad day. I mean, like, I don't buy into that rationale. I don't believe that that math would check out on paper. But, you know, if it makes her sleep better at night, it's her fucking hand. It's her gator. You know, she knew the risks. She, you know, she played with lightning and, or she played with fire and she got burned. And she's okay with it. She, you know, she, and she's going to continue moving on. I would, I, I'm not even going to rank this one, man. No, this I is mean, zero. I just, I find a great comedic value. Yeah. There's a lot of comedy in it, but I mean, the kids saw it. Know, the kids weren't happy, but you know what? The kids learned a valuable lesson. <laughs> you don't fuck with a gator. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you know, going back to the episode or the article before, this is a perfect PS PSA. Don't stick your hand in an alligator's mouth, you dumb shit. All right, folks, we are back with the second half of episode sixty-eight, and we're gonna go to some jackasses. With W, I'm sorry, KXAN News. Three Texans arrested in beating of New York City hostess over COVID-19 vaccine proof. Three people from the Houston area are accused of attacking a hostess in New York City who requested to see their proof of vaccination against COVID-19, as is now required by executive order in that city. The New York City Police Department said just before 5 p.m. local time Thursday, officers responded to Carmine's restaurant on Broadway where they found a woman who said three people hit her after she had asked them for their COVID-19 vaccine card. She had bruises and scratches on her face, chest, and arm, uh, NYPD said, and added her necklace was also broke in the struggle. An NBC affiliate in New York City reported the woman was a hostess at the restaurant. The news station also received video of the attack, which showed the hostess stand uh, nearly, top, nearly toppling and a number of people trying to intervene. Carmine's told... KXAN sister station WPIX it's shocking and tragic situation where one of our valued employees is assaulted for doing their job as required by city policies and trying to make a living our focus now is on caring for our employee and the rest of our restaurant family we are a family style restaurant and this is the absolute last experience any of our employees should have to endure and customers witness Kita uh, Rankin 44 and Tony uh, Tiani, Tiani, I don't know, uh, Rankin, 21, both of Humble, Texas, were arrested along with 49-year-old Sally Rachel 
Lewis from Houston. They face assault and criminal mischief charges. New York City requires people to show proof of vaccination if they want to dine inside, see a show, or go to a gym, according to the Associated Press. People can show their vaccine card or use the state and city apps. Dickheads. What? And there are so many talk points on this one, buddy. Like, there are just so many things wrong. The... I'm going to go ahead and scan it. I'm just going to go ahead and do it, and I'm going to give these assholes a fucking five. Yeah. Okay. Oh, absolutely. I'm giving like, you a five, too. Fuck like, you. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not even going to go into my to my rationale. Like, I'm not going to lead up to it. It's a, They got a five right out of the gate. We don't even need to fucking run a race here. But let's just let's just start with the fact that, you know, uh, let's let's just remind ourselves again that your rights fucking stop where mine start okay that's that's point one here point two is that if i own a business and you know i i accept customers you know the street where my business is located where you drive is a public place inside of my establishment is my fucking domain you are my customer and if you want to be a patron of my establishment, you must abide by my fucking rules. And if I say you need a vaccine card, well, just boom. stop right there. This isn't even this isn't even a decision made by the business. In New York City, the the mayor has put out an executive order requiring that all restaurants, oh, bars, yeah. gyms, and everything else require proof of vaccination before they're allowed to to do and participate in indoor activities such as that so this is them, oh yeah this is something they are required to do by the state so take 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 the whole you know whatever side of this you're on out of the equation this employee is told they have to do this or they can't have a job so they're trying to keep a house you know a roof over their fucking head and they're doing what they're required by law to do. And you think, well, I'm going to beat the fuck out of this hostess because that's going to get my point across. Fuck you, you worthless pieces of shit. You know what? I mean, like, see, you, you can't, there are certain things that are just not fucking allowed. And, you know, we call attention to a lot of them right here on this podcast, you know? If you can't be a great example, be a terrible fucking warning. And that's what these people are, man. Going around bullying people. You know, this poor host is just trying to do her fucking job, like you said, man. She might feel the same exact way they did, but it's her job. That's all she's doing is her job. And her job and her paycheck, they aren't contingent upon her you know, brandishing her own personal politics and fucking beliefs in the workplace. You know, she gets a paycheck for doing her fucking job, and her job says that she has to do that. Why? Why even? Why even bring fisticuffs into it? It's the law. It's the law. Like, you just beat somebody up for following the law. You fucking Cro-Magnon, troglodyte, knuckle-dragging pieces of shit you all get fives indeed we're not even gonna go any more into that this is all this fuck you so next is being reported by outkick.com teen gets usb cable stuck after trying to measure penis length 
Okay. Hey guys, do not try to measure up to the length <laughs> measure the length of your penis by sticking a USB cord up your pee hole. In a, in a case detailed in the upcoming November 2021 edition of Urology Case Reports, a 15-year-old inserted a USB wire into his proximal urethra and ended up needing a penile scrotal urethrostomy? I can't pronounce it, sorry. Uh, performed to get that bad boy out of there. Okay, deep breaths. I know that this has you convulsing. I know you're getting nauseous, but this is the very point that we dump out all the uncomfortable details so parents can have a discussion with their boys. You, hey, don't be a moron this weekend. Don't go sticking a USB cord up your pee hole to measure the length of your penis. Yeah, the boys are going to laugh, but they won't be laughing when urologist Dr. Richard Tapper is yanking the head of that USB back out the pee hole. Yeah. Okay, here's where things get uncomfortable. Urology case reports points the picture, uh, <laughs> paints the picture of how that cord was removed. <clears throat> A longitudinal penile scrotal incision from the palpable foreign body was made, and carefully, uh, careful dissection was undertaken through deeper tissues, splitting the bulbous spongious muscle. The knotted cable was revealed to be a be the proximal aspect of the penile urethra and cut from the remainder of the cord. Both ends of the wire were pulled through successfully through the external urethra mattis. <laughs> the urethra was closed with interrupted sutures and urethral catheter was inserted. His recovery was uneventful and he was discharged the following day with simple anesthesia, oral antibiotics, and urethral and sporadic catheters in stew. Are you guys with me? Anyone pass out from the reading of the paragraph of pain? Uh, zero chance you'll read every word of that without getting queasy. Doctors say the boy came about two weeks after the surgery of a checkup and the catheter was removed. But boy, the boy isn't out of the woods just yet. Doctors note that ongoing follow-up is required to monitor for any long-term damage. Uh, the sex ed classes ninth graders have to sit through uh, should include five minutes of not inserting USB cables into their pee holes. The minute you don't teach this stuff is the minute a 15-year-old decides to go and get his TV cable instead of a measuring tape. Uh, life is already hard enough. The last thing these teens need is to end up the focus of a urology case report or in the office of Richard Tapper. <laughs> and there's pictures. There's so many pictures. Um... Yeah, there there is x-rays. Apparently he got it in there and it got all knotted up. I mean, he got it way up in there. Way up his pee hole. And then they show the, the USB cable laying on the, on the surgical table just covered in blood. <laughs> oh. All right. I'm not even scoring this kid. Nope. I'm not. <laughs> like, nope. Nope, the, the very fact that this boy made the podcast is all the punishment he gets for this. Well, that and have, I'm his, gonna have his penis this, cut open. <laughs> like, this, I'm going to chalk this whole fucking amalgamation of bad decision making up to, like, this is how a dipshit learns his lesson. Like, I hope that's as far as it goes. I hope there's no permanent damage. You know, again, man, you know, like... You know what the best part is? I'm going to have to give... Seriously, you know what the what? best part is? 15 years or so from now, he's going to have some girl. They're going to be in bed. And she's going to be, you know, doing whatever she wants to do. 
that's consensual. And she's going to go, what's with this scar? <laughs> and he's going to have to explain it to her. <laughs> yeah. 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 And the thing is, like, 15 years from now, like... she's going to look at him and say, what's a USB? <laughs> I'm going to give this kid a, uh, you know, an overall, like, life grade here of, of like, a C. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll tell you where I... I <laughs> well, I mean, like, he definitely gets, like, the bravery mark. You know, excellent planning. I'm sure, I'm sure that in this boy's head, like, this kid was John Holmes in his own mind by the time he got that fucker in there and realized it wasn't coming out. He's like, God, look how far I've gotten this. Oh, yeah. Maybe I should come back up. And then we get to the execution phase of the plan, which he has an abysmal failure on. And now needs to get now needs to get skilled medical practitioners to unfuck his Wow. Just and and you know what? I mean like just the <laughs> It's like if this were my kid, I'd have there'd have been a camera phone in this one, man. Like something would have been on the internet. I'd have had that bitch on fucking anesthesia, being like, "So what did we do? What did we learn?" <laughs> like I'd have been like, "So, so these are the talking points that we're gonna go over over our life lesson today, son. Why don't we tell the good folks of the internet what exactly?" is our big takeaway from this experience. What should we not do with USB cords? I'll give you one try to get this one right. Lightning round, go. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, I, I, I can't give this kid a score. You know, he, he, he didn't he only hurt himself. And hey, a doctor got a paper out of it, so he did some good. The next story is coming from CBS 12. <sighs> Naked woman rolls into Florida SWAT standoff in a golf cart. Deputies arrested a naked woman who rolled into an active SWAT standoff in a golf cart. Jessica Elizabeth Smith, 28, is facing charges of resisting an officer without violence. The standoff happened Sunday night in uh, Dudine near Tampa. Uh, Court record shows she drove past several patrol cars. Uh, in the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office on the perimeter of a standoff where authorities received reports of an armed subject shooting at others from the roof of a home. It seems like a great place just to go for a naked drive. <laughs> authorities said Smith of West Roxbury, Massachusetts drove through the target uh, toward the target home, ignoring commands to get off of the golf cart. Deputies eventually helped her out and into handcuffs. It's like when you when you when you tackle somebody, you say you aided them to the ground. <laughs> I guided them to the ground. <laughs> I smacked that bitch in the face. I executed a strike to the mandible. <laughs> no, I attempted to uh, apprehend the suspect. Unfortunately, she moved in such a way that I my right arm came in contact with her left mandible, causing her to take uh, sustain an injury that resulted in her striking the ground with the right side of her face. <laughs> and this is why Raz taught us all how to write reports in the prison system. 
<laughs> the word unfortunately, that means a lot. <laughs> well, according to the arrest report, Smith smelled of alcohol. The standoff ended after six hours. Deputies arrested three teenagers, including 18-year-old Miles Anthony Abbott, who accidentally shot himself in the leg during the incident. He faces two counts of aggravated assault of a law enforcement officer, two counts of aggravated assault, felon, felon in the position of a firearm, and other charges. Sky Rucci Emmanuel Julian, 18, and a 16-year-old were also arrested. Okay, so you're, 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 you're lined up, and you're getting ready to have this big, long standoff with these kids that have guns, and you're sitting there in all your tactical gear... And everything else. All of a sudden, the golf cart goes meep, meep, goes right by you, and there's a naked chick in the driver's seat. What do you do? Help her out and put in and aid her into handcuffs. I'm thinking, damn, I hope this body cam's working. <laughs> this shit's going on the internet. Um... I mean, like, seriously, it didn't say that she was from the villages, did it? No, no. She's only 28, so, and she's from Massachusetts, so. Uh, yeah, but, you know, but this happened in Florida, though, didn't it? Yeah, but yet it's the villages is a senior community. Yeah, but you know what? People have parents who live there. She might have just went and visited somebody who lives there, got drunk, and fucking boosted their their golf cart. I don't, it's really not material. I just thought it would have been, like, a nice little statistic. You know, it have been three weeks in a row. But this is three weeks in a row that we have a Florida golf cart story with somebody acting like a stupid ass with a golf cart. And this time, they drive right into the middle of a SWAT shooting. I mean, like, wow. Well, unfortunately, I, uh, as I do a cursory Google search, every single post on the front page of Reddit is naked woman drove golf cart through police... Uh, standoff and it, or something similar. Not a single picture. I'm disappointed. It's just you know, I don't. I don't even know how to answer a question like how would I? What would I do if that's? I would. I would honestly look over at the person next to me and see what the fuck they're doing, and I would kind of follow their lead, because that would just blow me off my rocker. I'm not like a paralysis by analysis kind of guy. But I am the kind of guy who's like, I got no motherfucking clue here. I'm either out or you know what to do. Like, like, Fair fuck enough. if I know. I mean, I I just, I don't know what I would do. I mean, I mean, like, I'd love to say, like, oh, I'd stand my ground and shoot out the tires. But I mean, like, eh, no. I honestly, I honestly don't know what I would, like, I wouldn't have the first idea of what to do to handle this. So what, what would you do? I'd say, huh, that's nothing you'll see every day. <laughs> that's, that looks like somebody else's problem to deal with. <laughs> uh, but Oh, well, shit. That's a, oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on the same page. Look at, the, look at somebody else and be like, and that's a you problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I got to give her a score of a three because there was actually violence in, in, in the area. There was, there was a reason for this police, you know, standoff so and she's getting involved with it and she's drunk again another drunk driver on a golf cart so i gotta give her at least a three no i'm gonna agree with you man i like your standard rule if if somebody's acting like a fool and dui is involved like it's gonna be hard not to get at least a three out of that right well our final story this week comes from the bloomberg opinion 
and there's going to be some opinions. <laughs> Amazon's new factory towns will lift the working class. Plentiful new jobs at higher wages in places with cheaper housing sounds like a solution to inequality. Okay. The campaign against economic inequality has put a bullseye on cities. Local governments are encouraged to raise minimum wages, changing their zoning laws, and building new housing, particularly in affluent communities that are squeezing out the lower class. But what if you shifted that focus to a different kind of community? Considering those bygone, uh, begrudgingly new places strung along the interstate and other highways leading away from the urban cores, populated by warehouses and fulfillment centers that are being built to serve the needs of e-commerce customers. Let's call them factory towns. These are places where working class jobs are being created in large numbers and where wages are already on the rise. They're not much in the spotlight yet, but making these modern day company towns more viable for the working class might be a better approach to solving inequality with a higher likelihood of success than continuing to fight against in, uh, entrenched interest in coastal cities and high-cost parts of metro areas. It used to be where, uh, that when you would, uh, were driving out of a metro area on a highway, you'd note the change in scenery as it went from urban to rural. Today, where most noteworthy is the transition to humongous warehouses into distribution centers, both currently in use and more being built. Retailer and e-commerce Goliaths, Amazon.com, and Walmart Incorporated have distribution facilities everywhere, and while they may have the biggest footprint, companies that make building materials have their fair share, as do other e-commerce players, like pet supplies companies, uh, including Chewy Incorporated. Economic realities dictate where these facilities get built. The need for speedy deliveries makes it important to be close to a large uh, concentrations of customers, but because the facilities require so much land, hundreds of thousands of square feet or more, they tend to be on the outskirts of cities where land is abundant and cheap. Highway proximity is a must so that trucks can quickly get in and out. Uh, these warehouses also provide jobs to a large number of people. An 800,000 square foot Amazon building employs between 1,000 and 1,500 full-time workers. So when you have multiple large warehouses operated by different companies packed alongside one another on the highway just in close proximity, you can be talking about a cluster employing many thousands of workers. Now consider Amazon's announcement this week that it's making another big hiring push for, at its fulfillment centers with jobs paying the average starting wage of $18 an hour up to 20%, up 20% since 2018. Thinking about the growth of fulfillment and distribution centers in general, maybe these highway warehouse communities with jobs that pay increasingly respectable wages are the future of the working of what the working class looks like. It doesn't make it, it does, yeah. and it doesn't make sense then to think about how we can make these communities better for people who live there and work there. It starts with making jobs at higher paying and uh, and safe as possible whether it's done by running uh, labor markets hot or perhaps with unionizing or the threat of it. If these sort of jobs get to an, a an average wage of $20 an hour, then a household with a 1.5 full-time workers in it, it would make about $60,000 a year with benefits. People can argue uh, about the what constitutes a reasonable wage uh, working class lifestyle, uh, but we seem to offer a perspective for much better ex existence than service workers had decades ago, particularly considering those uh, lower housing costs on the outskirts of metro areas. 
And it, it goes on a little bit more, but I'm not going to keep reading it because I'm stuttering through it at a, at a horrible pace. But, uh, so the title of the article is kind of damning in a way. And we're going to get serious here for a minute, Buck. <laughs> so you, you grew up in a very rural part of West by God, Virginia, uh, or West Virginia, rather, I'm sorry, West, West, West Virginia. Um, but in, in Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Maryland, Virginia, Tennessee, Kentucky, we had these factory towns, like real factory towns, where they would literally um, have the, the factory for whatever it was, usually a mine, but not necessarily. And they would build housing, and, and everything would be all in, encompassed in like this, this area, and it looked like a utopia. And then you consider, well, we're going to deduct your rent from your paycheck, because you also have to pay rent. Um, we're going to have stores and movie theaters and everything else here, so you don't you never have to leave. But we're also not going to pay you in U.S. dollars. We're going to pay you in company script uh, so that you can only spend your money at the company store or you can only go to company facilities with that money. And it essentially led to these companies having a death grip on these people because they very quickly found themselves with no legal tender. They only had the money that was only good at the company that they worked for which also led to even lower wages because yes a i may get you know ten dollars in buck 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 money but you know when you factor in that they're selling that product that they bought you know for one one buck money they bought it for 25 cents of real money so you know the the way these are ways for companies to keep a stranglehold on on the lower working class and not allow them to ever move on because we got to keep them. It was essentially was slave labor at that point. Cause you had them; they couldn't go nowhere. And in some cases, they even had like fences up in security, and you had to get permission to leave. Uh, so I think them using the, the example of factory towns in that way is pretty damn stupid. I think only I think some whoever wrote the article. You know, they they probably only read like the first half of their source. <laughs> like, they only read the part that helps the article. They didn't read the rest. Like, oh, and by the way, as a result of this great thing, it actually turned out to be a serious catastrophe and a form of indentured servitude that really fucked up the lives of a shit ton of people. But see, they didn't get to that part. There's like, ooh. You know, nostalgia, factory town, we'll just throw that in here and bam. Instant read. No. Yeah, 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 I see, I see, you know, the whole rat wet new seeing which other one sticks. But this this was not the like, hmm. Huh? No. Shouldn't shouldn't have shouldn't have picked this fucking hill to die on. Is is you know, cause I did. I grew up in rural West Virginia and the uh the big the big factory around us. I don't know if they had one of those indentured plans or, or one of those factory town plans, though. But uh, in Berkeley Springs, well, most in West Virginia, most of, most up, of those died out in in the in the seventies, and some some made it into the early eighties. But most of them, are, there's really right. no such thing left in the country right now. Well, no, I just I don't know if they ever did it. Is what I'm saying. Like I don't like. Of course, it wasn't around in the nineties when I was there. But I'm saying, like, even way, way back in the day, like, I have no idea whether they even did that there, because U.S. Silica is a salt mine. 
you know. I mean, I, I, you would have to do some research, but, you know, because we don't read the articles in advance. We really don't know what they're about until we get to them. Um, but, yeah, a lot of factories did because it was a great model for them. <laughs> well, of course. Of course. And, you know, I mean... There's there's a lot of there's a lot going on with this article. Not just the fact that they're trying to mimic factory towns, but you know the the drastic impact that you know that big of a bang in that specific structure is going to have. You know, well, it's like, okay, so it's uh, Am- you know. so Amazon's not saying that they're trying to do this. This is simply so when a, a factory looks to go in, they actually contact um, many 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 towns. Uh, with their economic development uh, or city leadership in some way and find out what their unemployment rate is because they actually want towns to have a high unemployment rate because they want to make sure they have a a good base to draw the massive amount of employees that they need. So then the, that's the, one of the first considerations that goes into it. Then they they look at land and, and access to highways and um, you know what's cost-benefit to everything. And there's a lot that goes into those. And when those factories are placed, it's because they have that entire, you know, they have the whole, the whole deal. And then they start going to these towns saying, okay, you meet all of our criteria. What kind of um, tax, uh, tax breaks are you willing to give us you know, for the first five years or something of that nature? Uh, and that's, the factories aren't just picked because I like that spot. No, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, the, the concept of the factory town, I don't think we'll ever see again. Just due to the fact that the, 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 the extremely, extremely negative way that it worked out in the past. Uh, this guy is just trying to coin a phrase in that, you know, people that live around these because they look like a town because it's all factories. He just, it, it's like saying like, you know, that's like calling an orange grove a concentration camp. <laughs> You're muted, by the way there, Buck. We lost you all together. I don't know what's going on. Nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was muted. I took a hit off my vapey stick, and I was trying to be responsible and muted like a big boy. But now, hey, the, 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 the way that this is written really draws the focus away from the real issue then. Because, you know, you, you drew immediate attention to it, and so did I. You know, it's really making a comparison. It's dancing on a grave that it shouldn't be dancing on. You know, comparing it to a factory town, like I can see how you thought that was a good idea, but that 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 raises all sorts of red flags and concerns in my like that that automatically takes me off of whatever idea they're trying to pitch or or whatever opinion this article is trying to drive home, like because like you said, factory towns are terrible. That was a it, it, hmm. So the author of that article, and which I unfortunately know. I've lost, I think he gets a gets a two just for being a dipshit. I was gonna say, man, like I don't even know what the fucking score here. I'm glad we got something. Yeah, I mean, like you know, mm. yeah. I mean, mm. well, we've tongue-tied Buck, mm. and unfortunately, that also brings us to a close of this week's episode of the Social Liability Podcast. Uh, for those of you who listen to us on. Any of our audio platforms, such as Spotify, Radio Public Podcasts, um, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Apple Podcasts, and CastBox, we thank you. Uh, make sure you hit the subscribe button. If you're watching us on our video platform, 
Uh, you can just subscribe on YouTube and hit that notification bell, and we greatly appreciate that very much. Uh, that being said, folks, I am the Raz Grease, my co-host, the Buck Grundle, wishing you all a happy, sane, and less liable week. <laughs> Have a week, folks. <laughs>